Father, thank you that we can be together today. And Lord, it's um, it's just good to come to your word and to remember the way that the power that it has for training us and the power that it has for correcting us and even rebuking us, God, and even um, helping us to live the, the way that you desire for your people to live. And Lord, I pray that that would be true today, that as we come to your word, your Holy Spirit would be at work in our hearts and our minds, that we'd be able to um, come to you, Jesus, and to be able to say, I'm ready for whatever your word has to say to me today. And I pray that you'd prepare our hearts and our minds now, God, in an instant to be able to come and to be able to um, hear the message that you have for us, that we'd be able to be encouraged today, that we'd be able to be transformed by your spirit in us today, God. I pray that you'd be able to refine us today. And, um, and Lord, as we, as, we, as we open your word, we just ask that you'd help us to, to leave today different um, to when we came in, Lord that we'd be more like you and more like your son, Jesus. So um, this is our prayer every week, God, as we gather. We gather to become like your son, Jesus. And I pray that that would be true in Jesus' name. Amen. So we finished off Hebrews 11, as you know, last week. And um, we moved our way into the beginning of chapter 12 of Hebrews. And the crux of the message last week was like, hey, we've just been through this great big list of faithful examples and, um, and we talked about how it's kind of like this wave that, that's sort of surging behind us, right? And we're all moving into, into one uh, direction together. We're all fixing our eyes on Jesus. And this is how we're going to ensure that we become part of this uh, list of faithful people, right? We, we fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, the guy who initiated our faith journey, the guy who reached us out of darkness, out of brokenness, out of sin and said, hey, I'm going to transform you. I want you to become like me. He's the one we look to in this faith journey that we're on. Okay, so that was, that was the crux of last week. And, and this week kind of follows on a little bit from that in, in a different way. Um, and, it's, and we're going to be moving into uh, the next few verses. David's um, children's story has prepared us well for this, the passage that we're going to look at, it's a bit of an awkward topic, I, I guess, sometimes to think about this idea of discipline. And um, it's not really, um, you know, I feel like it's something that can be a little bit misunderstood as well when people think of God as this disciplinarian. You know, what does that mean? You know, is he, is he out to get me? You know, these are sort of some of the feelings that we can have. And yet the word discipline in these verses comes up 10 times. You know, so, okay, what does this mean? We have to think about this. And, um, and so we're going to focus in on this today, you know, in, in the context of um, our faith journey, our relationship with God. What does it mean for us? And so I want to start us off. Um, we're just going to read verses 3 and 4. And this kind of helps us grasp that context again of, of what the original um, hearers of this letter, you know, we're going through, okay, because that's sort of important to this um, understanding of discipline as well. So verses 3 and 4 in Hebrews 12, this is, what, this is what it says, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, right? And him, that's Jesus. Consider Jesus who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. <laughs> um, as we read these first couple of verses, we're reminded again of that, of that 
um, you know, context. And, and the author of Hebrews kind of keeps alluding to this all the way through um, his letter. He's, he knows he's writing to a group of Jewish Christians um, who are being persecuted for their choice to, to kind of leave Judaism and to, and to become Christ followers, to give their lives to Jesus. And they're facing all sorts of pressure you know, socially and, and even, I, no doubt, from their family and, um, and they're sort of a minority group in their community, you know. And so um, they're starting to grow weary and I don't know if you can identify with that feeling of like spiritual fatigue, you know, like, oh man, this is a tough journey, you know. And, um, and how, how do people keep staying the course in their, in their faith journey? And so the zeal they had when they first gave their lives to Jesus is starting to wear a little bit thin as of late. And um, there's weariness sort of setting in like fog, you know, it's kind of making it hard to see Jesus for, for how they first saw him, you know. And um, of course, the temptation when this happens is um, that if this keeps on being difficult, they might just choose to, to say, you know what, that's too hard. I might choose another. I might go back to Judaism. I might might choose another path in life. This is a bit too difficult for me. And so, in these verses, they're being reminded and encouraged in what seems like really a couple of fairly blunt remarks. <laughs> you know, the author's trying to be encouraging, but it comes across almost careless and and unloving, like a like a you ain't seen nothing yet sort of undertone to what he's saying. Right? He says, "Consider Jesus. Do you remember what he went through?" <laughs> he's like. He's like, he also faced op- opposition. Do you remember the cross? You know, that's kind of um, seems to be the attitude that he's saying. In your struggle against sin, in your struggle to know whether you should leave the faith or not, you know, let me remind you that there are others, also Jesus, who, who shed their blood in their resisting against sin and against turning away from faith. And so he's kind of like coming across in this way of like, hey, guys, you haven't really seen the worst of it yet. You know, are you really growing, growing weary? Are you really losing heart already? And um, you've not yet had to face that type of persecution. And so while the author's encouragement does seem fairly blunt, almost lacking a sense of care and love for his readers, he goes on to bring up the topic of discipline. And, um, you know, it, for some reason, I've always read through this passage with fairly negative feelings. You know, the way he's talking, it sort of seems like, gee, mate, settle down. You know, it's like a bit rough. And um, what we find as we open up this topic of discipline um, is that it's actually a very healthy and positive thing. He's actually being very loving and very caring and very um, encouraging as we look into what he's talking about when he talks about discipline. And so what we find is that he's not lacking care or love for his brothers and sisters in this church. He actually has great care and love for them. And instead, um, sorry, yeah, through the coming verses, his love for them and the situation they're in, his his concern almost for them actually starts to shine through. And so that's what we're going to see as we continue to read on. I'm going to read verses 5 and 6 now. He says, and have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens every one he accepts as his son. So by way of introducing the topic of discipline, the author starts out by asking them a question. 
He's like, hey, hey, I know you're going through a tough time. I know this is a struggle. I know there's persecution. I know you're growing weary. I know that spiritual fatigue is starting to kick in. I know you're even tempted to walk away from your faith. Do you remember what it says in Proverbs? He says, do you remember that? Proverbs 3, (laughs) verses 11 to 12, and he quotes a couple of verses. He's like alluding to that. And what is interesting is that I was thinking, why does he go to Proverbs? You know, why does he bring that up? And and I think the first five chapters of Proverbs is kind of like this classroom setting. It's written like a classroom setting where the wise person is trying to train young young men in in uh, and give them wisdom for life. And it's almost like he's saying, hey, guys, I know it's a tough time you're going through, but have you forgotten that God might be trying to teach you something about the situation that you're in? And, and try and teach you something through the difficult experience that you're going through. You know, I wondered if that's where their minds went when they thought of Proverbs and that, and that um, you know, that idea of uh, discipline out, out of there and that training idea. With this question, he also introduces the idea that our relationship with God is set in that father-son, father-daughter um, context and that the role of a father with his children is to be training them up it, um, and to and to be teaching them the way that they should live, you know, this is this is the job of a father. When we take on that role, it's like I have this responsibility now to make sure that my children are going to live the way that they should live and and grow to become the way that they should be, the way that they were designed to live. And so, what we're seeing here is that the author of Hebrews is connecting suffering and difficulty in our lives as a context and a moment and a circumstance through which God can train us and teach us some things that we might not have learned other, had we not been through the difficult time. Okay, so it seems like he's saying that when we who are God's children go through suffering, persecution, difficulty, challenges, whether they be as a result of our faith or not, it might just be that we're going through a tough time as a result of the broken world we live in, the painful things that can occur, then we are entering into a moment in our faith journey and our relationship with God where, um, you know, it's a moment in our lives that God is trying to teach us something new. He's saying, hey, here's an opportunity. I'm going to allow you to walk through this difficulty. I'm going to go with you and it's going to be a time where you might learn something you, w- you wouldn't have learned had you not gone through it, Okay. <laughs> So what we find as we read on is that this idea of discipline is not so much negative, but that it's referring to like this, this thing where God says, gee, I can see this is going to be tough for you as my child, but I think you're going to be able to learn something through this. It's like an intentional training regime. <laughs> He's like, hey, I think, I think I'll be able to teach you through this. If you'll listen, if you'll, if you'll allow me to walk, walk through this with you, this is going to be a time where you'll come out the other side trained by discipline, trained, trained by things that I'm able to teach you through this. And so it's particularly verse 7 that highlights the fact that when we're going through difficult circumstances or hardship, that we should endure it, right? This is, this is what it says in verse 7. In fact, I'll read through to verse 11 as well. He says, endure hardship as discipline. Endure hardship as discipline. It's like, really? <laughs> Does that have to be in there? <laughs> Endure hardship as training and teaching from God. Endure hardship as an opportunity to learn something we wouldn't have learned had we not been through that difficult time. God is treating you as his children. 
you know, the, the best thing about this is that when we face something, when, when, when we come across something unexpected, when we come across something that's like, man, this just shouldn't have happened. It was, it's, you know, it's not the way it's supposed to be. It's difficult. And, and we have that tension of a, a loving God who, who wants the best for us. And then this difficult thing we're walking through, um, what, what he's saying is this is a moment in which we can learn something new. We can, we can learn something about who God is that is willing to walk, walk through stuff like this with us. We can learn things about ourselves that we wouldn't have otherwise seen. So I guess what I'm saying is some hardships in our life are actually good for us. We're going to learn some things through them. For what children are not disciplined by their father? For, not, for, for what children are not allowed to be taught the right way by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good. God trains us and teaches us through tough experiences for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. Right, That's where we're going to end today. <laughs> he helps us through these times in order that we, may, we might become like him right? Be holy as I am holy. That's, that's the goal of God for us, you know. That's, that's his dream for us is that we share in his holiness. We share in his likeness. No discipline, no training and teaching um, seems pleasant at the time, right? I hated school, you know, but I'm glad I've, I went through it, right? Imagine if I didn't go to school ever, you know, what would I have learned? Probably not as much, right? Probably not as much, yeah. um, but pain, it, Okay, so it's not pleasant, it's painful. You know, the journey through the difficult thing is painful. But later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness. You know, harvest time is never a bad time, you know, unless there's been a drought, <laughs> I guess. So harvest time, when, 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 you, when there's a crop ready to, ready to be taken, you know, that's a good time. When we go through the difficult time, on the other side, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So a few points to pull out here. The first is that God allows hardship in our lives in the context of, you know, and in the context of struggle and difficulty, right? There's, only, there's some things we can only learn in that context, and so he allows it. If you're going through some difficult things right now and you're facing circumstances that challenge you or are challenging your faith, it's not because God is withdrawing his love for you, right? That's a mistake to think that. When we go through tough times, we think, oh, gee, where are you, God, now? Where are you now? You know, things are tough. Have you left me, God? That's not the case. Right? It's not because he's stopped being with you, but it usually means that God's recognized an opportunity for you to learn something and, and, for, and for us to grow and for us to become the way he wants us to be. And so he allows us to walk through it. Something we need to remember is that God is not always looking to extract us out of difficulty as well. He's, he's saying, no, 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 I'm going to walk this journey with you. That's Jesus coming to earth and dying on the cross. That's the message. He says, I'm not going to just take you out of earth 
and put you in heaven one day. He's like, I'm going to come down to earth first and do this journey of life with you. I'm going to suffer with you. I'm going to endure hardship with you. I'm going to face opposition with you. And then, um, you know, after the fact, after going through the tough journey with you, there'll be a time where we can, um, you know, enter into, the, in, enter into heaven, enter into the good place. And along the way, along the journey that God walks with us, um, he's going to try and teach us stuff about ourselves, you know. And when we go through a tough time, it's probably a good question to ask God, what are you trying to teach me now? You know, what are you trying to teach me through this experience that I'm going through? Or the other question we could ask is, what are you trying to teach me about yourself, God? What are you trying to reveal to me about who you are by allowing me to go through this tough time? What does that mean for us and in, in our relationship? And so I wonder, what about you? What difficult circumstance are you in right now? What opportunity for learning about yourself and about God and your relationship with him is, is present for you to take a hold of because God's allowing you to face something difficult? What struggle or painful experience is there in your life? God's saying, this is a time where I want to make you like myself. This is a time where I want to make you holy. This is a time where I want to refine you. And, and change your character and bring righteousness and peace into your life. And it's going to be painful for a time, but we'll get through it. You know, that's, that's, that's the first thing. There's a second type of discipline that I think might even be less popular um, than this first type. <laughs> right? Just when you thought, gee, that's, that's pretty heavy going. Um, it, there's actually another, another type of discipline. And that, that is the discipline that comes by choosing to live within the boundaries that God gives to us, right, in the Bible. We don't like to think in the context of rules and law and do's and don'ts, don'ts anymore, right, because that's old covenant stuff and I get we've been saved by grace through faith and it's not about following a set of rules anymore. We're following Jesus. I understand all of that, but there's a sense in which God has outlined some boundaries for his children, right, to live by. The moral fabric of who God is still exists, Right? And when we experience the love and grace of God, when we come into relationship with Jesus, we don't then go and continue to live however we want, do we? Right? It's like, oh, well, I've actually got this new relationship and new, new person in my life and I need to figure out how to please them because they've done so much for me. Right? That, that context is present. And so our life has been meshed with God's life and we're empowered by his spirit to start living in a way that we know will please him. And that takes discipline, right? It's a second type of discipline. We aren't so much subscribing to a set of rules as we've entered into relationship with God the Father. He's outlined a way for his children to live. He's revealed the way of life that will make us like him. And when we choose to follow that way of life, we are being trained and taught by God, right? When we choose to, to say, yeah, I'm going to choose the right path for me, that's when we're receiving discipline from God. You know, we're being disciplined by God in this way also. And I said this was not very popular because it means that there are some things that God says are not healthy for us to participate in, right? And before we fall into the trap in, in believing that, well, God's just trying to control me by saying I can't do this and can't do that, um, we need to think of this type of training as God's trying to protect me. You know, this, this discipline that God, that God gives to us, he's saying, no, I'm trying to protect you through this training and teaching. 
It's like the Garden of Eden. God says, hey, Adam and Eve, you can have anything you want. You're free to just work this garden and eat, eat all of the good stuff that you get from it. But, but that tree there is a boundary. <laughs> you know, Don't go there. It's not good for you. That's a path that leads to death. And, and just as I don't allow my children to put forks in PowerPoints right, or to play with fire or to, or to cross the road without holding my hand, it's not because you know, I'm some kind of control freak. It's because I know that that's, that's not safe. It's not, the way, it's, it's not the way that they should go. The consequences are, are not good. Right? And so out of my love for my children, I don't want to see my kids go through the result of an unhealthy choice for them. Right? And our relationship with God is like that too. He's not, he's not saying, he's not trying to be controlling. He's saying, that's not, a, that's not the right way. That's not why I created you. You know, that choice, that boundary that you're crossing, it's not what I created you for. I created you for, for a better life. He's not trying to be a killjoy. He's saying, I know what the consequences are. Right? That's a path that leads to death. That's a path that leads to a place I did not create you for. And so I wonder if there is something in our lives that God is trying to protect us from, you know, is there a path you've been moving towards and you know that this is crossing a boundary that God has not outlined for his children to live by? Is there something that you've incorporated into your life that falls outside of the training regime God has put in place for his children? You know, the... Um, the final point we get from this, this idea of discipline, and I'd say this is really at the core of what God is doing, and I've kind of touched, touched on this already, is that when he disciplines us as his children, it's because he wants us to become like him. He, he actually he created us. He, he has a dream in his heart for our lives, and, he, and, and when he says, here's some boundaries, and when he says, um, you know, this is a healthy way to live, he's saying... I like he knows he knows better than anyone else and it's out of love he's not trying to just you know be a punisher or set these rules in place um you know it's kind of like uh i think it's john ortberg talks about you know um or he has an illustration in one of his books he talks about you know the farmer that um you know lives way out west like not not gained uh, four hours west but like way out west you know <laughs> out in the out in the big stations and they have these they have these properties that are so large it's too much trouble to build fences so they just dig a well right and the ca- the cattle actually stay in one area close by the well because they they know that's where they can get their water right out of the drinking trough and so um i kind of think you know, all right, so God has, has some boundaries in place that he wants us to follow. He does want us to stay within certain bounds, but how do we do that? It's not by saying, okay, well, don't do that. It's not by focusing on the boundaries. It's by focusing on the thing that gives us life, and that's Jesus, right? This is why at the start of Hebrews 12, he says, fix your eyes on Jesus. And so the, the way to do this, the way to, to make sure that we live this, um, you know, life of being disciplined by God is not by saying, oh, I can't do that, I can't do that, I can't do that. It's by saying, where is Jesus in my life, you know? <laughs> How am I going to connect with him today? How am I going to stay close to the well and drink from it? And, um, and the more you do it, the more you realize, well, there's no point going anywhere else. This is where it's at, you know? <laughs> this, is, this is where I get satisfied. This is where I'm safe. This is where, um, you know, uh, th- th- this is where I enter into life. 
you know, it's, and we drink from the well. And, and of course, we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about reading our Bibles. We're talking about connecting with other Christians. We're talking about our prayer life. You know, it's that, it's, it's um, you know, so I guess it, it always comes back to this, doesn't it? How are we looking to Jesus? <laughs> How are we spending time with Jesus? How are we following Jesus, fixing our eyes on the one who started all of this journey for us in the first place? How are we doing that? In verse 10, it says, God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. God says, this is, this is good for you. This is the place that you should be, and it's so that we can become like him. And in verse 11, it says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time. You know, feeling, feeling a bit restricted, doesn't seem that pleasant. It can even seem painful. You know, going through a tough Time can seem painful, but later on it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. You know, I think, I think about, um, you know, this, this idea of discipline as teaching and training, and I think about the word disciple, right? And um, the word disciple means being a student. We're sitting in the classroom You know, our relationship with God, as much as it's a father-son, father-daughter relationship, it can also be that teacher-student relationship. You know, and this is is the the idea of discipline that we need to take on board. You know, Jesus, when when he called his disciples, he said, come follow me. You know, he's like, come and be my disciples. Come and see my way of life. Come and learn from me. And this is the journey God calls us into as well. And so um, our response today, we need to respond however God's calling us to. But maybe for you, you're saying, yeah, I'm going through a difficult time. You know, I need, I need help to endure. But maybe part of that help is just knowing God hasn't left you. You know, he's, he's, he's walking this journey with you. He's actually trying to teach you and grow you and mold you into who he wants you to be. And, and on the other side of it, there's peaceful living. There's righteousness. There's holiness. Others of us might be saying, yep, well, I have been crossing boundaries. I know that I shouldn't. Not in the plan that God has set out for me. Not the way he created for me to live. And, um, and today you might be able to say, you know what, God, I actually just need your help to get back to where the well is. You know, can you just help me to keep my eyes fixed on you this week, God? Let's pray together, and um, I want to invite you to respond in your heart and your mind today. Um, just say, say to God, just say, I need your help with this stuff. Heavenly Father, we do. We do need your help. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd point out to, point out to us the things that we need help with, <laughs> that you'd help us to know, um, you know, how it is that we can be trained by you, how it is that, you know, you'd help us to see the things that you're trying to teach us in our lives, that you'd be able to, um, yeah, just show us what you're doing, God. Some, sometimes we just need to see, you know, where are your work and, and why do I have to go through this tough time? And so I pray that you'd reveal that to us. We thank you that you go through tough times with us. You don't leave us to do it by ourselves, but you do the journey with us. We praise you for that, God. Lord, we want to leave um, changed by you today. I pray that we wouldn't leave without first drinking from the well, that we wouldn't leave without, um, you know, just uh, 
reminding ourselves of, of where it is that we get, get our life and our sustenance from and that it's from you, Lord. And so with all of that, God, we want to, um, yeah, just ask for your grace and your mercy uh, to, to keep going um, in this journey. Ask for your help to, to help us to fix our eyes on you, God, that others would see that the change occurring in our hearts. Others would see the change occurring in the way that we live, Lord, and, and our testimony would be, well, it's not because we're following rules, it's because we're, we're drinking from the well. We're, we're sustaining ourselves by you and your life, God. So, we, yeah, we just thank you for this, Lord. We praise you for it in your precious name. Amen.